All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit of an introduction to put at the start of this episode, and we're doing this because of the way we have decided, we being Josh and I of LSG Media, of course, of the X-Files podcast, the way we've decided to cover this television show. And uh, I'm going to let Josh talk a little bit about that because uh, we've decided that we're not done covering the X-Files, and uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So go ahead, Josh. All right. So, uh... If you've been listening for a while, you know that how we started this show was picking out some old favorites. Dee and I would go back and forth. We would pick one episode a week, uh, hand in the baton back and forth, and cover everything from the original series, seasons one through, well, I think the latest one we ever did was six. But um, And then we, uh, we led up to uh, cover the revival, then we went back and covered uh, season 11 this, this time around, and then we said, yeah, as you mentioned, we're not done. And we want more. And what better way to do it than the right way, which is really running right through the gamut. So what we're doing, um, you will have noticed the feed has been emptied, except for season 10, 11, and the pilot is going to be dropped. Now, the 17 episodes that we have recorded previously... And this is on the pilot, what we're saying right now. So you're, this is leading into the pilot. Right. So they will be dropped back in in order as we come through them. We're going to be covering two episodes a month, uh, new recording episodes um when we get to episodes we've previously recorded we will drop those in in addition in proper order uh but want to let you know it is previously recorded dean will talk a little bit about the sound quality because that is his bugaboo um i'll just mention the fact that you need to know that because some of the stuff we talk about we talk about you know as i mentioned in the episode we'll talk about who's uh, hey it's your pick next week and blah 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 don't be confused by that but we also didn't want to re-record these episodes. We like our original take on it. We like what we had to say. And so that's how we'll roll it. So you're going to hear this one. This was recorded, man, two and a half years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then immediately following this, you'll see Deep Throat drop in the feed. And we recorded that tonight as well. Uh, and we'll go right through from there. So Squeeze will drop. That was already recorded. And then we'll go on a couple of weeks. We'll be covering Conduit. So. Yep. Dean, you want to talk about sound quality? I know, yeah. I know you do. Yeah, there's a couple things. You know, I thought of a couple other things too. So there's going to be some sound quality differences you're going to hear. Um, some of the early episodes are really bassy and a couple things like that. You, you might never notice if you're wearing earbuds. But then I just thought of another thing that, that you will 100% notice, even if you're not an audiophile freak. You will notice that some of these earlier episodes actually have sound clips on them. Oh, yeah. They will not have sound clips on them on the new recordings. Um, so the ones that lack the intro that we just go into, you're not going to hear that. We made a decision as LSG Media to insulate ourselves from possible copyright problems just because we kind of went legitimate and, you know, there's money involved and we don't want to, I just don't want to take that risk. It's not, it doesn't make a, enough of a difference for me to take the risk. Every, rarely will I put a tiny little clip on there and that's it. But so yeah, just little sound quality issues. You're going to notice a difference. Um, you might never notice, but if you do, if, if you're one of those people and you got fucking ear covering, if you got those Dre beats on, you might be like, wow, this sounds a little different than that one and it's bassy or whatever. The reason is, is because of when they're being recorded. So I just wanted to say my two cents because uh, it's like having a wild hair across my ass, that sound quality. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to not address it. So you, we know, and now you know why. Yep. And from here on out, if we, we come to one of our previously recorded ones. You're going to hear a very short, about 30-second, hey, guys, this is one of our previously recorded. Reminder. Yada, yada. Um, it won't be all this spiel. So Correct. That being said, uh, get ready to enjoy our... our uh, Inaugural. Inaugural podcast. Crack the champagne across the bow of the pilot. Of season one, episode one, the pilot. 
And uh, check back in very shortly for Deep Throat. Boom. LSG Media is proud to bring you the X-Files podcast with hosts Josh and Dean. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Dean, and joining me is Josh. And together, we are going to be covering Chris Carter's X-Files. And uh, this is our very first episode. Uh, We did do a little test run with the Firewalker episode. But uh, this is our first official episode for this podcast, which is the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. How are you doing today, Mr. Joshua? Fantastic. I am psyched to get this thing going. It's about time that you and I have got together to talk about the X-Files because we got a little history, you and I, with the X-Files that involves VHS tapes and parents not being home and, <laughs> and getting scared and like a couple of fucking little babies. Cuddling? Huddling close <laughs> from the monsters. <laughs> so this is how we're going to do this podcast. This is going to be a little primer. Listen, we're going to pick some episodes that we really like. Some will be mythology. Some won't be. We'll try to keep the mythology ones in order. Pretty simple. And uh, if you don't know what that means, well, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What is a mythology episode of X-Files, Josh? So I think a lot of this kind of came from, like, as far as the terms, it actually came from the fans more than the show itself. So the show breaks its episodes down, or fans came to break it down, into two main categories of episodes. You got your Monster of the Week. Pretty simple. It's a it's a one-off. It's a non-serialized you can watch it kind of out of sync. Doesn't really matter. It stands alone. Uh, think most Star Trek Next Gen episodes, things like that. Um, whatever weird thing, either literally or non literally a monster, they deal with it. Mythology is the actual building storyline that moves forward slowly and steadily throughout the show, mainly involving government cover up of aliens doing something um, that progresses through the shows and eventually the movies as well. Yeah. And the reason we wanted to do it this way is because we're not going to cover nine seasons of X-Files. Unfortunately, we just don't have time for that, but we're going to cover a shitload of X-Files. And we wanted to make sure that we covered ones that we really enjoyed because in nine seasons of television, there's going to be some duds. So we want to cover the stuff that we appreciate the most. But we also thought, hey, we can't ignore the fact that this mythology stuff exists. So we will label those episodes accordingly and we will keep them in order. And that's it. I don't know if we're going to do every mythology episode. Most likely not. We're going to do some. And uh, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. So that brings us to this episode. So tell the good people at home how we decided that we were going to just get these episodes on. How, what episodes are we doing? Why are we doing these? So the initial plan was, hey, you know, we'll go back and forth picking. So Dean, you pick one, then I pick one, back and forth. And as we sort of lined up our first five, we came to the conclusion that let's kind of make a mutual pick here and why not start things off with the pilot? It's it introduces the characters, introduces the show, and it's a, it's a good fucking episode. So why not? Start it with that. This is a mutual pick. So if you don't like it, you know, too bad. It's both of us. Yeah. And and it happens to be the first mythology episode. So, but bam. Perfect. There we go. We're covering everything. And uh, we are excited about this. Now, one of the things Josh and I talked about in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, 
interest of full disclosure, should we do a recap? Like, should we do a little summary beforehand? And um, I don't know. I don't know if we are going to do that because the way we cover the show is we kind of go through like scene by scene and um, we talk about each scene as it comes, each scene that goes through. We're not going to talk about every fucking shot in the show. We don't have three hours, but we are going to try to go through the episode sequentially. If we bounce around, we will, but we'll come back and rein it in. That way you're not totally lost. So we're not going to just talk about the pilot episode all free willy and free willy or, or willy nilly or whatever the fuck. Is that a whale? <laughs> yeah. Jesus that, Christ. Those awful killer whale movies. Yeah, is that why you're taking your pants off? <laughs> Are you freeing Willie in my presence? Sequel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sounds like an X-File. So yeah, so we do want to treat the episodes in a sort of uh, structured order so we can help you remember the episode and get through it. And um, yeah, so hopefully that's not a bad choice. And if it is, you can blame me. So why don't we kick things off with the pilot, the first episode of the first season of a great television show that as I was watching this episode again, Josh, I thought to myself, fuck, this show's good. Yeah. It's a fucking good show. It's great. It's so good. And I kind of wish I had more experience in seeing pilots. A lot, Not many shows actually start their broadcast with a pilot. Generally, and I wish I had a little bit more knowledge about this, but the majority of pilots... Well, the vast majority of pilots are never seen by anybody besides executives because they don't get picked up. But even the ones that get picked up are often not season one, episode one. They're just literally just for those executives to sign on the dotted line. Mm -hmm. But a sales pitch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And this was a sales pitch in a very competitive time and a very competitive time slot. Um, I forget how many, but there was a shitload of pilots flown at Fox and um, they dropped two mil. On this, uh, on this, yeah, two million bucks just on a pilot. Um, you watch it and it doesn't really feel like a pilot in terms of, you know, effects and things like that. I mean, it feels pretty filled out, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So nice. Well, that's some good, good backdrop. We get this sort of eerie open, right? This is before they had their music, right? Yeah. That was fucking weird. Cool, huh? Yeah. So no music, you get the X-Files, what's on the screen and then it fades into this scene, which uh, is inspired by true events. Oh, right? I hate that. That's <laughs> such a stupid fucking term. Inspired by, I think actually the executives push this. No shit. Yeah, because like there was a there was a growing trend towards reality TV. Mm, um, that for, year, sure. Yeah, fortunately that didn't take hold, so nobody watches that shit. <laughs> but, but, Subhosts, where are you? <laughs> sorry, Jessica. But they pushed that shit. Um, on there, but in my mind, inspired by true events essentially means almost anything. Right? Inspired by, you know. I, I have a confession. Yeah. When I was young, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> I was that kid. I was like, guys, you know, seriously, seriously, guys, listen, listen. That was me, right? Now I look back and like, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, right. But back in the day, I was like, guys, no, seriously, this is for real, guy. So yeah, fucking crazy. Uh, but what a setup, huh? We'd see, we get the uh, Oregon... Hi, Matthew Anderson. <laughs> uh, the Column National Forest, I think, like C-O-L-L-U-M. And we get Karen Swenson fucking prance around the woods in her PJs. Not gracefully. No, and terrible PJs. Yeah. Why these? I don't know. Terrible. How old are you? Yeah, and, and kind of attractive, too. You could have yeah. maybe... Yeah. Could have yeah. taken advantage of that. For sure. You're selling to Fox. Fox is just... <laughs> 
such a <laughs> slime Their bag. Their fucking newscasters are smoke shows. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well use your assets. So, so poor Karen Swenson. Or is it Kristen? I don't know. Smith Swenson. Carol. Get the fuck out of here. Is it Carol? Carol. Are you, are you fucking with me? Carol. <laughs> Consult the IMDP, IMDP page. Miss Swenson, I'm going to call her until we find out otherwise. We'll get to Mr. Josh hard at work on his computer. But anyway, she's prancing around her shitty on her shitty um, pajamas. Flowing in the wind. Flowing in the wind. And she gets kind of wrapped up in the swirling leave, kind of bad special effects, bright light in the woods. And you're like, what the flip? Oh, bad special effect? I thought, that, <laughs> no, it's kind of cool for a pilot, man. Come okay, on. I, I will concede. The little mini whirlwind. That's fucking hot, man. It's good stuff. Wait. <laughs> you want to hear something? Chris Carter it was very proud of this effect. Wrote this episode, by the way. Wrote the Should episode. Yeah, yep. Do you know what he said about that effect? What? That it was more complicated to get done than the Normandy landings. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dwight Eisenhower is just rolling in his grave. You motherfucker. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, but yeah, so look, the swirling fucking winds of change take her away, <laughs> wrap her up, and then she's down. We get a we get a, a quick transition from the bright light, which was clever, and she's dead. It's happening again when officer suggests. Yep. So now we go, oh, so this is nothing new. In uh, Column National Forest in Oregon. Yeah, it was mm. a, it was, it's a cool, and in this, the general X-File intro is awesome. It fucking grabs you, like, so fast. They're 30 seconds, they're a minute, minute and a half at the longest, and they really yoke you in. They sure do. And there's a good interaction here between the cops, You how they bring it up, that the main detective that will come. Miles. Come to, yeah, come to know and not love at all later in the episode. How he talks about, oh, I know, he IDs her. And says, you went to school with my daughter. Yep. They, you know, no. Her son. Her son. Right. Correct. No signs. Like, there's no obvious sign of what caught. There's no injury. There's nothing like that. There's nope. these two marks on her back. Do we um, see those at this point? We do, right? Yeah. Okay. They, they, they highlight. They, they say hi- there they, are that's two a close marks. up, right? Yep. Yeah. No signs of sexual assault, whatever. Although, also, her underwear is still on. Like, I don't know how you check for sexual assault, but I think you've got to. <laughs> You got to go downstairs, right? Like, I don't see any empty wine bottles. <laughs> I don't see any condom wrappers. Clearly, this is not an assault. There's no rented Twilight video. <laughs> no copies of Fifty Shades. Seems clean. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. But this leads us very brilliantly into our first meeting. Does yeah. it not? Yep. So cut to FBI headquarters. Back in good old Quantico. And this is uh, our first shot is actually at Miss, or I'm sorry, Special Agent Dana Scully. Cruising on in in her straightforward little... No nonsense. Yep, little pantsuit, dress suit thing. And she's, uh, she's going in, and she's going in to see the boss man, who is Section Chief Scott Blevins. He's only in a couple episodes before... You know, later in the season, we start working more with uh, good old Skinner. Oh. Can't wait to bring that guy in here. Awesome. But for now, we have uh, her walking into an office. There's, a, there's the main guy she's talking to, her boss, and a couple other figures there, including one without a single line in the background who will come to know as the cigarette-smoking man. Mm. 
that he is just dangerous looking, isn't he? Yeah. There's something about him. He's a great actor. P.S. I thought he was dead now. Not dead. No. Gonna be in the next show. Yeah. Although. Looks old as fuck. (laughs) I have to imagine. (laughs) Looks like he's got to lay off the cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a pretty weathered face. Like I've seen docs that look less weathered than his fucking (laughs) crag. But if you, I saw a black and white picture of him. I thought it was sitting bull. It's like, holy shit. This dude is fucking weathered. <laughs> Although it's like 2015. If he's still the cigarette smoking man, it's not going to be like as dramatic if he has to go like 500 feet outside the building to fucking have a cigarette <laughs> right anywhere. On. Right on. you assholes don't let us smoke in yeah. public anymore. <laughs> They're like, hey, could you, could you take that outside? He's fucking all steps out of the shadows. Has to put the cigarette out and exit the building like some bitch. Right? <laughs> oh, that's fucking clever. And actually, this surprises me because he looks so ominous in this scene. Yeah. So deliberately ominous. But apparently... They did not have plans for this character when the pilot was written. He was just kind of a vague, scary background, shadowy figure. And it wasn't until later that Chris Carter really decided to bring him in um, to the mythology. That's brilliant, if I if you ask me, because he's like, I know I want a shadowy guy there, but I don't know what he's going to do yet, but I don't want to miss this opportunity. So just stand him up against the filing cabinet, and yeah. then we see him again at the end of the app, which we'll get to. Yeah. But yeah, pretty cool, man. So... Section Chief Blevins, thank you for that, by the way. He He's tasking her with going to see Spooky, correct? <laughs> Spooky Mulder? Yeah. That's this whole situation. And then um, she says, are you asking me to debunk what he's trying to do? Right. And he can't really say that's what he's... He, he, he doesn't say it. He doesn't say but it. But the definition of what he says... The subtext is yeah. loud and clear. And we, we get to know a little, a touch of background on Dana at this time that she's a medical doctor, that she's, she's pretty new to the FBI. She's only been in the FBI for two years. Yep. Which yeah, is, that's, ba- that's a baby yep, which in the is, FBI. Uh, yep, and it's less than Mulder, significantly less than right. Mulder. Um, and, we, and we get to know a little bit about Mulder because we get the sense that he has a reputation, both good and bad. Right. He's known as the best analyst in the violent crimes unit, and he's also known as Spooky. <laughs> so, right, right. A little good, a little bad. Brought down Monty Props, which is some kind of serial killer. Yeah, he comes. Can I get that fucking episode? He, I'm trying to remember. That comes up later on. Yeah. Um, because he dies in prison. Monty and, Props does. Yeah, I got to okay. look back into this. It's all right, no worries. But, but it does come back. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, she, she does. It, and and that's that leads us into this first meeting, and I got a I got a sound clip for us. Mm. And uh, she, you know the two things we learned here is Mulder brought down money, pop props, and Scully decided to try to rewrite Einstein. <laughs> so these two are pretty fucking ambitious people, right? <laughs> no big deal. Shooting high, yeah, right. Have a listen to their first meeting. Major Mulder, I'm Dana Scully. I've been assigned to work with you. Oh, isn't it nice to be suddenly so highly regarded? So who did you take off to get stuck with this detail, Scully? Actually, I'm looking forward to working with you. I've heard a lot about you. Oh, really? I was under the impression that you were sent to spy on me. (laughs) (laughs) I love love the look he gives her when he says that. Those stupid round glasses. Yeah. Kind of the eyebrow raise. Those fucking glasses, dude. (laughs) I had those. Yeah. Looking back, terrible. 1993, whatever. (laughs) Fucking terrible. Don't judge. (laughs) So, yeah, this is awesome. So... Let's talk about the 
the, the nice, the nice camera work here. Scully looking around, we kind of follow her eye line. She looks around the room and we see, I want to believe posters. It looks like you're in like, you know, kind of a weird kid's basement, <laughs> right? All the shit laying around. You're, like, you're oh, in a basement. Yeah. But- yeah you're in- oh, look, there's the 20 sided die, the dungeon master's guide, the fucking, I want to believe. Poster. I don't know what you're talking about. What's that? <laughs> What's that going mean? <laughs> so look, then I love how she's just like, you like, can you imagine a woman with these credentials standing in this office? Just put yourself in her shoes for a minute. Are you kidding me right now? Who the fuck did I piss off to get this detail? Right? <laughs> it's crazy. I thought I was doing well. But as soon as the guy opens his mouth, she knows she's not dealing with a fucking numbskull. Right. And it's clear that she, we already knew literally from conversation that she knew him by reputation, but you can tell in just this first interaction there, there might be almost a little bit of, you know, admiration, even even without getting to know him. I mean, she she smiles a, a couple times when he's of, not looking. Yeah, when and he's, that's important. Exactly, and that's important. She's like, man, that's funny. I've yeah. kind of, you know, like in her head, you can think of her saying, like, I've heard that about him. That's funny. His, you know, his quirks, his humor, whatever. And the challenge, I think, too. She's like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good time. Yeah, like this is gonna yep. be fun. Yeah, you know. I mean, she's kind of broad. Probably not a lot of dudes that she's bumping into that can, you know, go toe to toe with her intellectually and not get into the nonsense, you know, like he doesn't care if she's a guy or girl. Like that's what's so awesome about Mulder. He's so focused on what he's focused on. That shit does that like social convention. He doesn't care about that, you know, but, um, this, when he starts to, when he starts to test her, right. He starts to, yeah. I want to test this lady, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right? So he puts her to the fire pretty quickly. He breaks out the fucking overhead projector. Is Dude, when the lights go down and you, the changing of the pictures, the talking about these unrelated cases, have a listen. Oregon female, age 21, no explainable cause of death. Autopsy shows nothing. Zip. There are, however, these two distinct marks on her lower back. Dr. Scully, can you ID these marks? Needle punctures, maybe. An animal bite. Electrocution of some kind. How's your chemistry? This is the substance found in the surrounding tissue. It's organic. I don't know. Is it some kind of synthetic protein? It's me. I've never seen it before either. But here it is again in Sturgis, South Dakota. And again in Shamrock, Texas. Dude. At the end of that, here it is again and wherever, and here it is again and whatever. I'm like, oh, no, this show's sick. Yeah. Unrelated. This is crazy. What's happening? Right? Yeah. And and just about that, how much cooler is that than fucking pulling up PowerPoint on his computer and clicking the next? You know, like that technology doesn't, you know, it helps our lives, but it's nowhere near as cool as that. Absolutely. Fuck Listen, a. you guys know. If you listen to the Science Fiction Film Podcast, and if you don't, you should, LibertyTreeGeek.net. How's that for a plug? Boom. Pretty subtle. Um, you guys know that I'm a big Star Trek fan. I like all Star Treks. I do like Next Gen. There's nothing as cool as pulling out a fucking communicator and flipping that shit open. Kirk here. Boom. Bam. That's cool. It's way cooler than touching your chest, right? Same thing here. What, yeah. PowerPoint? What are you going to fucking Google shit? <laughs> oh, fucking Google monsters. Oh, look, I got 97 hits on this one. <laughs> no, he has to fucking get photos and load them in and click a button. It's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gritty. It adds to the kind of old school horror. It's almost like 
this moment to me harkens back to like like this Lovecraftian 30s like horror, like this no tech. We're all sitting around clicking through things, talking about stuff. I just like that, man. It's just so cool. Yep. And that's when he's just like, well, we're getting on a plane. So I'll see you in the morning. And she's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? We're going to Oregon. And uh, he does mention something else, which is pretty quick. He's, he's known Dana Scully for about three and a half to four minutes. <laughs> and after reviewing these slides, he asked her a question. Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? I think she responds. That is science fiction. <laughs> she doesn't say that here. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. pretty quick. Coming on pretty quick. Coming on pretty quick. Yeah. So he, like you said, three or four minutes, hmm, a little early for that question. So then they have this kind of airplane scare moment next, yep. which is pretty cool because he's like, this must be the place. Like yeah. fucking lightning and thunder. Ooh. As usual, like one of the, one of the things you come to recognize in Mulder, one of his token characteristics is the cool as a fucking cucumber, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in times of stress. So yeah, that airline or air, the airplane kind of loses some altitude, heavy turbulence, bags falling, everybody freaking out, including Scully. She Mulder fucking just, white knuckle in yeah, the seat. Just rolls over. He's lying down, <laughs> stretched out, lounging. He's got headphones in. Probably listening to some P.S. weird ass like sweet headphones. <laughs> State of the art. State of the art. Yeah, must be the place. <laughs> Yeah, this must be the place. And then we kind of cut to this car ride. So at this point, Scully's probably like, what the fuck are we doing here? This is, why are we doing this? Why did this come back up? And he talks about some pretty shoddy police work. Our boys came out here, spent a week, enjoyed the local salmon, which with a little lemon twist is just a die for, if you pardon the expression. Without explanation, they were called back in. The case was reclassified and buried in the X-Files until I dug it up last week. So... What do we got going on here? We have a case that's already been investigated, and Scully actually sh- kind of proves her aptitude. Once again, Mulder, Mulder kind of testing her. Yeah, she bring- he knows these answers yep. already. He already knows them. But she brings up a few facts. She looked over the previous uh, autopsy reports. The first three were by a different medical examiner, uh, medical examiner Dr. Nemen. The most recent one was by a different medical examiner. Examiner, I can't say the examinator. That's not. That's not it. Anyway, you have been examined. <laughs> he finds the the bumps, the alien tramp stamp, and the the chemical thing, yep. compound, whatever. Yep. Yep. Um. So that's Scully finds that out. Mulder, of course, already knew it. Throws her a little bit of a bone in kind of a patronizing way, and. uh we go from there. And she's like, is the medical examiner a suspect? Is that what you're getting to? Cause she does ask him that. And that's when he's like, well, I don't, we, we're not sure yet, but we I have scheduled the exhumation of Ray Soon's body. No big deal. We're just going to dig this dude up. Welcome to Oregon. We're going to dig up your dead friends. <laughs> so in these first few scenes, the setup, we get the first meeting, the airplane, the car ride, they, they're, they're going to go to this cemetery. So they're on their way to the cemetery, having this discussion in the car. And we're like, okay, so we've got our cool setup. We've got this awesome moment with the overhead projector. We got this weird situation with a plane. We're about to get the situation where the static happens. He puts an X on the street. He's yep. like, whoa, weird, yeah. right? And now we got this, the, the exhuming of a body. 
this is like this shit becomes like the X Files right here. Absolutely, like, this is just it is so X Files. You got to remind yourself rewatching it that this is the pilot because it just feels like an X Files episode. Right. That's what I mean when like I talk about like this doesn't feel like a pilot. I mean, when you really consciously think about it, but in general, like you watch it after having seen dozens of episodes, you go back and you watch this. And it's obviously besides them literally meeting, but in general, just the feel of it, the scenes, it's like, yeah, this is the X-Files. Yeah. Like it's found its thematic legs immediately. Right. There's no, there's no awkward period. No. You know? No. I mean, I think the show improves from season one to season two, Yep. but, but in terms of, yeah, finding it's how it's going to work, how the episodes feel, the themes that it focuses on, it's there. Right from day one. Right. Go. Yeah, that's awesome, man. But yeah, like I said, the radio thing starts now. Yeah. <laughs> fucking pulls over, puts an X down, and then you're like, hmm, that's weird. And she's like, what are you doing? Why, why are we doing hell this? Is you doing? The radio went bad? You're going to put an X on the street? <laughs> this is going to be a long career. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once again, this is Mulder. Like, oh, my, my radio is being fluky. Probably aliens, so <laughs> I should I should pull out this spray paint that I carry around with me in case sure. this happens. Yeah. I guess yeah. he's in a rental car, yeah. So it's not like he just has a can of spray paint in his <laughs> trunk. He either bought or brought this spray paint just in case he had any. The, the fucking spray. The goddamn car rental place is by a bunch of people who are like, "Yeah, man, if you want to do some fucking graffiti, bro, you put that shit right in the trunk for you." Like, what the fuck? You're right. Did he have to go to Home Depot? You know, I'll get a key ring and you know, I don't know. Do you think like he spray paint X's every time he loses like cell phone service? <laughs> ah, ah. Damn, some, some parts of the country, he'd be like fucking X's everywhere. Especially if he has AT&T like me. Oh, shit. Sucks. <laughs> so they get to the cemetery. Dr. Nemin shows up pretty pissed. Hot to trot. Why are you digging up bodies, dudes? Hey, who do you people think you are? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, we're the fucking FBI. <laughs> That's exactly. I think they cut that. Who we think we are. <laughs> this is my, my only issue with this whole episode. And it doesn't really matter because it works. But there's a bunch of times when... Mulder and Scully should just be like, um, we're the FBI. We're here investigating a crime. You know, it happens later with the sheriff a few times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That sheriff, that local boy didn't look like he was too, too nervous about them sitting there with a shotgun. But yeah, you're right. It's like, uh, sometimes I think Mulder just likes to fuck around, though. <laughs> He's like, oh, like, this is going to be fun. Yeah, you know? he definitely goes playful with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't go just balls to the wall like, flash my badge. He's kind of like, I'm going to fuck around a little bit. Guy's all butthurt. Then his daughter starts crying. Yeah. Oh, oh. Dad, no. And Balder fires out. Hmm, somebody need a longer vacation. Yep. That was and, but we do find out here. So as, as Scully said, this is the guy that did the first three, you know, medical or the first three autopsies. Why didn't he do Karen Swenson's? On vacation. On vacation. Like, away. Whatever. So that, that case was solved. That part of the case is solved pretty right. quickly. <laughs> and then of course, the strap breaks. This, this, this grounds crew is terrible. That strap is completely fucking compromised. Not up to code. Good thing this didn't happen at somebody's funeral because that would be a lot more awkward than this. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's this huge. The best part about it is, is like it's so clearly like sliced. Like it's not frayed. It's no. like just a straight cut. Cut with like a little bit left. 
Yeah. Fucking union guys. <laughs> so, um, the thing falls and breaks open and what the fuck is inside? <laughs> I guess Rice Humes didn't make the basketball team. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> good job, Mulder. Uh, yeah. Little monkey boy. Yeah. Little monkey looking. Orangutan Scully surmises. Yes. Cut to autopsy. First autopsy of the X-Files for Scully. Took about 17 minutes to get here. Yep. First of many. Yep. And I love, I love the Scully autopsies. Dude, in 17 minutes, they're, they're just fucking getting you. Yeah. Right? It's like, like you were saying, there's no, it feels like the X-Files. There's no awkward period here. Nope. The characters, I think they, I mean, I think Duchovny is probably comfortable immediately. I think Scully gets a little more comfortable as time goes on. Yes. But, but thematically, you know, the structure of the scenes, the way they shoot the episodes, it's not, they know Chris Carter had such a pure vision for this, you know? And I think cool. like any pilot would have to do, it does play up elements of their character, you know, to a little bit more of an extreme, maybe because we see it in this scene big time. Right. Mulder is just giddy, just dancing around the autopsy room with his <laughs> camera. Like, Oh, do you know? Oh, this is going to be so important. Oh, oh, snapping pictures. And Scully is just, robot like just straightforward yep. all business can you not flash me with that camera <laughs> right right she's just doing her thing yeah it's funny the differences between the two in this moment that's yeah. a good point yeah. and then that's when she if just, it's not human what is it <laughs> says. Uh, and then of course they dig out of its nasal palate passage a fucking metal cylinder yep yep that is the because at first scully's like if it's not human, what is it? Um, it's an orangutan. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Right. And, and Mulder is like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that's that's crazy. What like what would an orangutan be doing in Ray Soam's <laughs> coffin? It doesn't make any sense. But an alien makes perfect sense. Right. Right. That's, <laughs> that's a reasonable conclusion. And she's like, to uh, reach. hi, it's somebody's <laughs> sick joke. Yeah. They fucking are messing with them, you know? Nope. Doesn't compute. Does not compute. But they do find that. What happened? Did the orangutan's funeral get ruined? Is there a human body in the orangutan <laughs> casket? Like, Where is Ray Soames? Yeah, exactly. He's in the orangutan funeral. Wait till their parents <laughs> dig him up. You're going to have a fucking orangutan revolution. So. Mulder goes for an evening jog and he stops by Scully's with his hat on backwards and his windbreaker on. You're looking very cool. Oh, uh, he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the first of many I'm going to knock on Scully's door moments yep. in this whole show, right? Yep. This happens and I'm a never, lot. And I'm never going to directly solicit you for sex, but let me just feel it out. Let me just, what's your reaction? Oh, she's yawning, so I'm not going to say it now. Right. I'm going to ask her to run. <laughs> that's what he's doing he's trying to see if there's a chink in the old armor wouldn't you of course yeah. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to go to the state mental hospital what brought them to this lead i can't remember why they thought they were going to do this to you i believe it was that Mulder already knew that ray yes. soames was at this mental hospital correct so they go to ask the doctor about ray soames they don't know Initially, that there are other classmates there. Ray Soames was a patient of mine, yes. I oversaw his treatment for just over a year for clinical schizophrenia. Ray had an inability to grasp reality. He seemed to suffer from some kind of post-traumatic stress. Is that something you've seen before? I've treated similar cases. Were any of those Ray Soames' classmates? Yes. Great. He's a schizo with PTSD and has delusions. <laughs> okay. So... 
traded other classmates recently within the past year, I think she said. And then he goes on to say Billy Miles and Peggy O'Dell. That are there. That are there now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Mulder and Scully literally stop and are like, they're here now? Right. Can we talk to them? Yes. <laughs> right? That was cool. I like that part. It was kind of like this cool discovery for us, too, as the audience. We're like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. Why? And then we start, it's at this point when you're watching this episode, you go, oh, classmates, like they said in the setup. Oh, it's happening again. Oh, these kids are in the mental. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. What is this? What's, what's dirty secrets lurk in the shadows of this town? And I like that. Like, that's what's so cool about X-Files. I love these, not just here, like it's part of the community and the detective is covering up or this, this medical examiner is weird or this, this guy's in a mental hospital. What the fuck is going on? And just the small town commonplace feel of it. Yep. Vers- absolutely. Because, you know, you, you get the big high level, the syndicate, the Washington, D.C., all that shit we'll come to talk about more, the mythology stuff. But just that cool little Anytown USA feel of something dirty going on. And it's good. And, and you know, that's a great point. It's so, they're so good at making you feel like an outsider, just like Scully and Mulder must feel every time they deal with situations like this in the show, you feel like, man, this is weird. Like you, you feel like out of place like they do, you know, skeeved out a little bit. Yeah. It's skeeved out. Like, like you said, there's something to that small town thing versus that big syndicate thing. That small town thing could be the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like the crazy fucking family in the woods. You're right. going to fuck with that? No. Uh, nope. <laughs> I'm not going down that property. <laughs> so yeah, you, that's it's. I, I almost like that more at times because yep. there's something so immediately dangerous about it. You know, it's weird. Yep. And it doesn't need to, yeah, it doesn't need to go anywhere from there. Right. It can be its own thing. That's right. So they, they do go meet um, Billy Miles. Billy and Peggy. And Billy is fucking catatonic. Yeah. Good looking guy though. Yeah. It's kind of got like a rat pack look to him. He has a, he definitely has a nineties hair. Like, like that was the kid that annoyed me in high school. Look to him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and then Peggy O'Dell, who it was apparently the life of the party. Cause she just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> oh, Peggy's getting crazy again. After, after Mulder's bedside manner, he yeah. tries like the, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk nice. And she fucking spazzes out. Spazzes the fuck out. Uh, And uh, yeah. Nosebleed. Nosebleed. And and Mulder goes for an upshirt. And what does he find? He goes for the old upshirt and he finds the alien tramp stamp, as (laughs) you've so eloquently dubbed it. Correct. Woo. And him and Scully look at each other. and they go, Scully's reaction is fucking awesome. Right? She's like, bugs out. Right. She freaks out and just walks out of the room. Yeah. Gone. Out of the hospital. Gone. And is this the part where she's mad at him? She's like, you knew. Yeah. How she, did you know? She's not mad initially, but she's she's animated. Yes. And then she's mad once the A word gets brought up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Her favorite word. Alien. Alien. Ugh. Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? I guess he's going to ask that a lot. Uh, yep. She is animated. What happened in that forest, I think, is her question. Yes. Because that's they, they talk about where they were found, correct? Isn't that what they establish here, where they found Billy and he's been catatonic ever since? Don't they talk a little bit about that here? I don't think that doesn't get brought up Not yet. here? Okay. No. Um, she had but asked, they know about the forest for some reason. Because that's where Carol or whatever the Swenson. Hell her name is. Swenson. That, yeah. The Swenson girl. The Swenson girl. That's where she was found. 
Gotcha. So that's their next lead, right. I guess, to pursue. Which they go right to. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. After the sunsets. After the sunsets. Because that's the best time yeah. to explore in detail a crime scene. Sure. With one flashlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. One flashlight. No body armor to speak of. Um, and you found an orangutan with a microchip up its nose. <laughs> and a catatonic kid <laughs> and a bunch of dead people. So... <laughs> Uh, and the, as they, you know, come in here, they're, they're prowling around Mulder's looking at his compass. It's going squirrely. Yep. And I want to take this moment. There could be many, but to talk about the music of X-Files, because if you take away the the score and you just watch this scene, there's emotionally, you're not going to have any kind of reaction. Sure. It's two people walking around a forest with a flashlight, with nothing happening. Right. Those, those first 20 seconds. The music of X-Files, Mark Snow, just sets the scene so well. And you talk about, like you said before, Dean, how in the first episode, in the pilot, what a good job this show does in establishing its themes. Same thing with the music from the get-go, right? Yep, absolutely. It's funny, you know, when you think about music, you think of certain certain thematic things that happen in music and you can't think of star Wars without thinking of John Williams. It's impossible. No nope. star Trek doesn't have that because it's had a few composers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mark snow did everything for X files, nine fucking seasons worth. And, and movies. Now, yep. And now you get like bear McCreary with BSG and he did all that and he's done walking dead and stuff. But Mark snow, there was that minimalists just, reminder that something is beneath the surface here without these big swelling notes. No, a lot of it wasn't really musical. Right. No, it was not. It's atonal. Yeah. 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 Right. I I don't know like enough of the terminology to describe it right, but it's not like in melodic. Yeah. Thank you. Melodic. Yeah. Um, and then they get separated as FBI agents do in the woods and, uh, without one flashlight. (laughs) Good. And, uh, (laughs) They find that weird ash-like substance. Yeah, she Scully, pockets it. Scully finds some ash. And then Mulder and Scully get chased off on account of trespassing. Take me through this part. Oh, my God. Were you not instantly thought of the opening scene because the silhouette comes yes. down? I was like, Same oh, shot. shit. Same I shot. I was like, Fuxville. Yep. They're about to get carried away in a fucking Levy whirlwind. But who is it? Uh, it is our good friend, um, Detective Miles from the county sheriff's office. Scully hears the noise, the sound. Also, though, one pilot issue, awful firearms handling. Terrible. She's got like this James Bond bad guy pistol at the hip kind of approach. Not, not super tactical. Not FBI. super tactical. Whatever. FBI. But yeah, so he, he steps out and he's like, yeah, hey, what you doing here? You lost? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and instead Compass of, broke? And she says, hey, we're with the FBI. And he says, this is private property. And she should have said, did you fucking hear me? <laughs> but, yeah. but she doesn't. She doesn't. And, and, but he, he is, he comes off pretty intimidating. I agree. I, mean, I agree. I think the actor did a good job. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, he's there. He has a shotgun. He's kind of got that menacing hillbilly thing going on. Yeah. Like he could be. Maybe one of the relatives of Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> the, the same reason, like, 
his wife never goes out on her own. Mm-hmm. It's that same kind of feel. Kid's got know. one leg, doesn't speak. <laughs> Not sure why. <laughs> the other one's catatonic in a hospital. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's all business. All business. And they, doesn't give a fuck who you work nope, for. Nope. And they Not, don't they don't really push it too hard. I think they got the same sense as you and I been <laughs> watching it like, you know what? Right. We you're probably gonna kill us with a shotgun <laughs> yeah. at this range. And since we don't know how to hold our pistols yet, <laughs> remember only two years in, Scully. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> it's not forceps. Yep. Yeah. So probably they, gonna walk away. Discretion being the better part of valor, yeah. maybe in this situation. Maybe in this situation. So they bounce. And then they do their car ride in the rain. And this is where First of many. First of many. <laughs> I like the scene a lot. First of all, you threw rain in. I don't care if that's cheesy. I love it. It's great. It's fucking it's great. great. Pouring, fucking pouring, that's driving Oregon. rain. Makes sense. Yep. Scully starts saying everything that I would have started saying at this point. Not aliens, no. but probably like, this chick's involved in the occult. There's a fucking sacrifice. What the fuck's going on? There's some crazy shit going on. There's there. obviously a cover up. Yeah. You know, this guy, this detective Miles, obviously is covering shit up. And she wants to go back into the woods like yesterday. Yeah. And Miles like, remember the guy with the shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking creep. And that's when the compass, whoosh, and then they go, whoa, wait a second. And then that weird bright light. Whoosh, and you're like, what? Yep. And then Mulder has a fucking party in the rain. Oh my God. He's so happy. Super happy. We lost nine minutes. <laughs> that's fucking great. Right? Mulder, the car mechanic. They're on the painted X. They are beautiful they are well they're the car mechanic yeah because the last time this this happened to my car once and there was water getting in my distributor cap it wasn't fucking aliens <laughs> so well bullshit <laughs> so, fucking bullshit i don't know i get it. it's the x and the nine minutes and the whatever but <laughs> just picture like Mulder in any situation besides an fbi agent like hey did you uh did you check out the problem with the computer network we we're having up in uh <laughs> up in tech support did you look into that yep it's oh aliens. my God, Mulder, you crazy fuck. <laughs> really? Because I think there's a problem with the router. Right. Well, time can't disappear. It's a universal invariance, Mulder. Mm. No, aliens. Aliens. Yeah. X marks the spot. That is science fiction. So X marks the spot. He's very happy. He woohoo's in the rain. And then cut to hotel. Yep. Mulder does his victory dance. Then back to the hotel, Scully typing away. Love it. Yep. Scully... So- Still raining, loses power. Fucking aliens, right? Probably aliens. Probably aliens. Yeah, it's because it's be. unlikely that a heavy wind and rainstorm would have knocked a power line down. <laughs> Less likely that somebody came down in a flying fucking saucer <laughs> and sapped the power with its crazy alien. Obviously, alien car. Obviously, <laughs> is that why? Is that why Mulder comes over? No, he doesn't. She has a little panic attack. Yeah, because she gets ready for a shower. She does, and. This is, oh man! if you hadn't, if we hadn't agreed to pick this episode, I might've just for this <laughs> scene because, and she's put together, she drops trow and she is working with, can, can I say something? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if she's wearing granny panties. Yeah. They're bad. I don't care if she's wearing a bad bra. Terrible. Something super hot about that. Yeah. Cause it's just like, yeah, you weren't, I wasn't expecting it. It's just sort of just what I was wearing to work that day. Right. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> but Mulder's not so lucky. No, no, no. I was kind of hoping he would be. 
when I was first watching this. Not now. <laughs> Not I'm now. a fucking grown up now. now. I don't want to see dirty scully boobs. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I owned. Okay. First of all, I owned season one on VHS. So I probably know season one better and does the tracking go off a little? It is. I don't even think it plays past <laughs> this far. It's like just snow because mom, it ain't my tape again. <laughs> don't come in here, mom. I'm doing FBI research. Awesome. I spent a lot of time um, studying the cinematography of this scene. Oh my word. So actually in Jillian Anderson had a problem with this scene. She, she was like, this is dumb. You know, I, this is kind of a little cheap, right? Right. But Chris Carter actually is really a big fan of the scene because, you know, in, it would be easy to look at the scene and say, okay, you're trying to sell us sure. a little sexuality and I'm sold. But <laughs> Chris Carter says, no, I'm trying to establish from the get go that this is a plutonic relationship because she cruises into Mulder's room, drops trow. Check my back. Check my back. And Mulder, half second pause, then checks her back. It's mosquito bites. She re-robes. And that's it. They have a little fairly plutonic hug. So Chris Carter's argument is that he wanted to establish that right from the beginning. Right. It's a good move. If you buy it. Sure. It's a good debate. Yeah. For him. Because he can't be proven wrong. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's you airtight. Win, you win again. As far as he's concerned. You win again. <laughs> You're not going to tell him what he was thinking. So <laughs> he wins. Tense scene, though. I like it. Yep. And then we get this kind of cool transition, and we get the hotel later. And this is when I think Mulder starts to open up a little. Does he not? Bedtime stories. Let's have a listen. I was 12 when it happened. My sister was eight. She just disappeared out of her bed one night. Just gone vanished no note no phone calls no evidence of anything you never found her tore the family apart no one would talk about it there were no facts to confront nothing to offer any hope so i love this scene a lot but before we dive into this scene i just want to say something we made a little jab at um we made a little jab at uh, reality tv earlier one of the things subhost Jessica of the Science Fiction Film Podcast watches a lot of um, when reality TV, what she watches, she likes Survivor, or like these disappeared shows or like real murder shit, stuff like that. Not like Kardashians. The reason I'm bringing this up is because she watches these disappeared shits all the time. And there's a universal thing that always happens. And it's so fucking crazy to watch these poor people when a loved one just vanishes it destroys their fucking lives. And that's, it's cool that he mentions it tore the family apart. I, I don't, I've never been through that. I don't know anybody, even extended friends or family who's ever gone through anything like that. If you're listening, maybe you have, but the shows always depict like, can you imagine every fucking day you go to bed, you want to know what's going on with your loved one every fucking day. Like what that does to a family the next day, you're putting up posters for years. And little tiny bits of doubt, mm, guilt, or, God, or whatever. Everything. And they just creep more uh, and more. The blame game. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. How that chews people apart. So it is cool to hear him say that. Now, obviously, I don't want a TV show about depressed Mulder because his sister's gone. But I do like that it show. 
because there are times where people are like critical of his obsession with her, dude. It's got to, you, you got to establish that from the beginning. Absolutely. Man. You got to show why he is the way he is. Some part of it. Obviously there's personality there, but the drive, the obsession, like you said, you got to show why that is. Yep. And, and you're right. That kind of thing, the disappearance of your only sibling <sighs> at that kind of age, 12, you know, when you're so I mean, impressionable. Sure. You know, and then to bring it back into the X-Files world, the fact that, he recalls the light, the immobility or paralysis, I think is how we describe yeah, it. Yeah, this is when he talks about having gone under hypnosis with yes. Dr. Verba. Dr. Verba. And yeah, like you're saying, what, what he recalls. Yeah. And how that brought him full circle at, about these new files, these X files <laughs> he had discovered. Right. Very cool. Now, this scene is one of... These next one, two, three scenes, we got a, we got a hotel later. We got an accident scene. We got a hotel fire. And then we have a little uh, diner scene. This is the fucking most awesome part of this, this episode, I think, because it's, it's so bedtime ghost story. Like you said, this scene is awesome. The power's out. Mulder recounts his sister's disappearance. All we see are faces. We have long shadows and blinds and weird shadows and lighting effects. Cool fucking like shooting here. Somebody fucking prowling around outside. Somebody prowling around outside. The tension starts to get ratcheted up a little. It's this campfire quality, right? Bring. No power. Rain. Thunder. Mulder's tail intensifies. Mulder's still feeling Scully out. And then, like you said, ring. It's fucking jarring. Whoa. Yeah. A phone call. Peggy O'Dell is dead. Tension goes up. Who is this? Who is this? Right? Tension goes up a little bit more. They get to the accident scene. It's quick. Bam. Right there. Right? A shakeup moment. I didn't expect another casualty. I thought they're just investigating a dead body. I was like, somebody else is dead. What the fuck? Drop him. Boom. Stakes go up. Yep. Right? Awesome. Perfectly timed against the mounting tension from the prior scene. And then we find out she was hit while running. While running? While running, Mr. Bruins. I saw that bitch in a wheelchair. That is science fiction. (laughs) So yes, while running, okay? And here is something that I adore about this scene. Besides everything I just said, Peggy O'Dell has a neck brace, an intubation tube. She's wrapped up and she's banged up. It's not like every other movie on the planet where they get to an action scene and it's a crushed body. They tried to save her life. Yeah. They were fucking first responders. They're like, shit, neck brace, boom, intubator, boom, she's not breathing. I'm, I'm imagining this. And then her poor body's just there with that shit on it, and they covered her. Pronounced. Awesome. Right? Not just, I'm dead and mangled. Nobody tried to save her. Right. I was right. like, see that little detail? And we've said this before. X-Files doesn't always handle the police procedure fucking flawlessly, but I thought this was cool. That was cool. Because it feels real. It feels like a scene that they come up on. Absolutely. And, you know, I like the, they split when they get on scene, Mulder talking to yep. the, the truck driver and the cop talking to him. Scully's looking at the body. And I like it. What we see as Scully sees it, what time is it? 9.03. On the dot. Awesome. So good thing that before she and Mulder had synced up their clocks. Yep. So they're on. They say, we need to get back to the hotel 
The tension does not relent. No. Because Mulder says, like, what happened? They trashed the autopsy van. The corpse, the little non-varsity basketball monkey corpse is gone. Gone. (laughs) Monkey corpse. (laughs) Awesome. Evidence lost in the fire. Who started it? What's going on? There's a really cool shot, and it's very film quality. Of the fire is in the in the background. Mulder silhouettes in the foreground. He's pissed. He like throws something, and you can see him like against the fire. It's cool. You're like, oh fuck, like yeah. how he feels right now. You're right though. That's such a good like one two three scene boom, escalation. Boom, boom. Doesn't fuck around. And it kind of cools down at the diner. You, it they, does. The audience gets a chance to catch their breath. But right before that, right the the the, the climax, if you will, is is when Teresa says, "I need your help." Now what? What the fuck? <laughs> All the shit just happened. Start with ghost tales. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. And then, like you said, we get a reprieve. Oh, yeah. Sitting in the diner. But it's brief, that reprieve. It is. It Let's is. have a listen to what Teresa has to say here. I don't know how I get out there. I'll just find myself out in the woods. How long has it been happening? Ever since the summer we graduated, it's happened to my friends, too. That's why I need you to protect me. Wow. Acting! 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 I need you to protect me. Drama! (laughs) Yeah. What assholes. They only had two million bucks. and they Did you see that fucking leaf whirlwind? (laughs) (laughs) You You gotta cut some corners here and there. Apparently, it costs more than the European theater. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Fucking. Yeah. I don't mean to beat her up. They didn't, they didn't blow the bank on, on her. <laughs> I don't mean to blow, blow her. You know what's crazy? And we'll get to this in later episodes if it's relevant. She's in later episodes. Really? Same character. The same character? Oh, yeah. No. Wait for it. Fuck you. I swear. <laughs> You're like, fuck your mother, kid. <laughs> and I'm looking at my computer and I'm looking at my computer. <laughs> Sarah Koshkup, right? Check her out. If you scroll down to her X-Files life, pilot. You son of a bitch. Must get married because uh, she's in Requiem. And- Seven years later? Yeah, dude. What? Can you imagine? Man. Those must be mythology episodes. Season seven and eight or eight and nine? Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy, right? You know, they. it's funny, actually, because what they do, I don't know if a lot of TV shows do this, but there's a ton of, uh, you know, guest stars and actors that are in multiple episodes as different characters. Oh. That just like kind of you don't notice because they're, you know, they're very different. Like there's a guy who plays... Um, He's like a cop in one, and then he's the head of a FBI task force, but he's all like geared up and he's got is it, his is kid it, on. Uh, Beggy, Mulder, the company <laughs> buddy. No. <laughs> Anybody want to see me talk and do the baby <laughs> dance? <laughs> <laughs> I got to start watching that show Dude, again. You'll die. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I fact checked you and hey, you, you want to hear something kind of crazy? I was just thinking about this. Like the whole. <laughs> The whole end of this scene where she has this nosebleed, I was like, why is the cop with the dude? Like, didn't that feel like extra conspiratorial? Oh, yeah. I'm like, because why are they point, traveling we, around town together? And we are had, they lovers? <laughs> what are they doing? We hadn't connected them at all. Yet. No. This is the connection. Yes. We didn't know who the fuck the detective was besides a dick. Yeah. And a, a silhouette in the woods. <laughs> yeah. A distant cousin to Leatherface. <laughs> yes. And a wife beater and a child abuser. <laughs> Kid with one <laughs> leg. <laughs> but like, this is the scene where we find out that he's Billy Miles' dad. Ba-boom. 
bang. Ba-boom. Yeah, because they come in hot. They come in hot. Pissed. Pissed. No shotgun brandished. No, but unspoken. Mm, doesn't he have has, to be. He has like shotgun face. <laughs> he's got the shotgun eyes it's an eye that it's a it's a set of eyes that says double up buck double <laughs> double up buck is in your future so, so go ahead yeah they they roll in we find out who the detective is we see this connection and they are super sketchy stay away from my son stay away from my daughter respectively they leave and scully what does she say here they know Mulder. they no. They know, Mulder. They know who's responsible for the murders. They know something. Dr. Nemon's been hiding medical evidence from the beginning. He lied on the autopsy reports. And now we find out about the detective. Who else would have reason to trash the lab in our rooms? Why would they destroy evidence? What would they want with that corpse? I don't know. Makes you wonder what's in those other two graves. Boom. Back to the cemetery. But of course... Don't you just kind of feel like if Scully presents any always logical, always fucking make sense like she's an FBI agent <laughs> and is following like a clear progression of evidence and things like that. Yeah. If it doesn't correlate with, you know, aliens or whatever bag he's on in that episode, he's super dismissive. About oh, my God. It. Super dismissive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Stop <laughs> making sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're going the wrong way. Why would they want his monkey body? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not a monkey also. I brought that up. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> so we get, like, like you said, we get a little break, but then the tension gets back up because as soon as they get there, the bodies are already gone. They're gone. God, that's good shit. And I don't, Mulder makes a leap here. That he does. Even It's after, Billy Miles, right? I, I've watched this episode a ton. I don't know. How the fuck does he make that? Is it just because he he's assuming Billy's involved because the how the detective's acting? That's the only thing I can think of. It's weird. Yeah. I mean it's a super leap. It's Mulder. So it is. And there's a moment here where they're talking about it. Mulder's throwing his ideas out. And Scully hangs on to a piece of information. And I like this because I think in this moment, she's gauging, am I going to fuel this fire of this madman (laughs) or am I going to bury this now? And she makes a decision, which I think is a good character moment for Scully, to tell him about the watch. Peggy Hotel's watch stopped a couple minutes after nine. I made a note of it when I saw the body. That's the reason the kids come to the forest, because the forest controls them, summons them there. And, and, and the marks are from, from some kind of test that's being done on them. And, and that maybe causes some kind of genetic mutation, which would explain the body that we dug up. And the force summoned Teresa Nevin's body into the woods tonight. Yes, but it was Billy Miles who took her there, summoned by some alien impulse. That's it. <laughs> that's adorable when she laughs you know what it's like it's like if you have a buddy who like split up with his girlfriend and he's like you know they're they're, or they're on a break and he's all fucking bent out of shape and he thinks like she's maybe been seeing somebody else or she's gonna see somebody else and you saw her like at the movie theater with a dude that you didn't recognize and you didn't mention it and he goes off on like this tangent and then you're like yeah dude hey i saw 
I saw her with a guy, I think. Ooh. Ugh. Sorry. You know, it's saying like, I saw the watch. I know you're going to go <laughs> off the deep end when I say this, but <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> awesome. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> so they decide to go back to the state hospital. Right? Yes. Right. Because nurse can't remember anything at nine o'clock. No, she's, she's weird. She weird. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely touches them. Absolutely. Third Especially shift. Bill, Billy's a good looking dude. Third shift. She's Third. smacking that ding dong around. <laughs> she's knocking it around dude no question (laughs) yeah you look like my grandson (laughs) what did you just say you look like your grandson you fucking weirdo so yeah Mm. by the way can we talk about billy boy's dirty ass hobbit feet yes damn big old dirty feet and I like that it's Scully. I like how she's like, I don't care. I'll touch your dirty feet. I'm a doctor, son. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Even Mulder touches his feet. And Mulder is talking to her. And I like how she talks about Scully like she's not fucking right there. She's <laughs> like, what is, what is she doing right now? Right. What is she, what is she looking Ignoring at? your insignificant ass. For? Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys going to move him out of my wing? Just, uh... Can you not look at his dick and see all the <laughs> chafing? <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't dust that cock for fingerprints. Nurse Rogers, why do you have a bunch of lubrication on the thing? So, so, yeah, she's fearless in the face of the feet. Same ash-like substances around his feet. Unfortunately, their ash was destroyed in the fire. So they think, we need to go back to the forest at night. And this is, for one moment, as they leave this, there's a little bit of flip-flop. Because Scully is like, you're fucking right. Billy was out there, boom. Jumps to conclusions for once. The first time we've ever seen Scully, obviously the first episode, but she kind of makes a leap. And Mulder's like, are you sure? Do you know what you're saying? Yeah. And she's, she checks herself. and She's like, okay, we need to go back to the forest. We need to get a new sample. Yep, that's in the because, hallway. Yep. Because I lost mine. It was burned up in the fire or whatever. So they go back to the forest. Right. At, night, at night again, obviously. Fucking detective creep shows vehicles there. Yep. Great. Scream. Scream. <laughs> Screams. Scully gets bushwhacked. Yeah. Damn, dude. Oh, here's another Shock time. butt in the face. Um, you just fucking struck a federal <laughs> officer. She could blow his ass away. No. Fucking just waste him. <laughs> but nope. Comes nope. out of the fucking... I'm telling you, man. Even though he's big and kind of gangly, he's got that forest child move. Yeah. He's slipping in the forest. Back. He whacks her one. Down she goes. I told you to stay out of this. Right? How long are you going to let it happen, Mulder? Pleading yep. with the guy. Yep. Um, we see Billy with Teresa, the swirling leaves, the noise, the bright lights. It's all coming back in this great scene. Yeah. Scully fucking misses it, which is the beginning of a theme of X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was uh, doing my nails. And, uh, yeah. Sorry. So kind of cool. Uh, this It kind of gets interrupted here. Take me through this a little bit. Yeah, I actually, I was going to ask you some questions about this because... What are you thinking? Yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be answered because that's one of my favorite things about The X-Files. Of course. Is that it doesn't have to provide the audience with all the answers because it actually respects its audience. Right. Unlike most fucking shows that just cater to the lowest common denominator. Right. But it, it is a little, we don't know, you. it's left to your interpretation. What exactly breaks him out of this? Because Billy's holding this girl... He's non-responsive. You know, he's not responding to his father. His father, by the way, goes to fucking shoot him. 
So he takes a like he goes from spending years covering up his son's murders. Mulder says two things. He's like, ah, you're right. I guess I'll fucking blow him in half with this shotgun. Uh, you're also you're probably going to hit that girl. That's a fucking shotgun. Yeah. He's sixty feet. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. But whatever. It's all true. He's like, I've held the shotgun on three people. I'm fucking pulling this trigger before the 60 minutes is out. But um, the the point is the the lights go up and then come down and bullet, Billy's responsive. Yep. His alien tramp stamp got laser removed. That's gone. And he's says dad. And we don't know exact why did why did he get taken out of it? And why is the are the marks gone? Is it is it just kind of coincidental? The you know they were done with them sort of thing, or is it the personal connection with the father there in that moment that kind of breaks it all down? I wonder. I don't know. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that a bystander is present in Mulder, and they scrap it because of in the interest of staying hidden? They, they capital T they capital T they. Um, Sorry, I'm being molded right now. Yeah. <laughs> fucking just jumping to conclusions. <laughs> I think that that could make sense. Maybe. Yeah. One of the things that we learn in the next scene is when the FBI is questioning Billy, how long did uh, Nurse Rogers knock around your ding dong? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's asked. No. Do you, actually, one thing, that's not the FBI. Oh, shit, you're that's right. That's fucking Dr. Verber. Yes, you're that's right. That's the, the Mulder brings Mulder's in guy. his personal hypnotist because that's not like a breach of fucking <laughs> whatever <laughs> like interviewing the main suspect yeah yeah um he says things they took me to the testing place i was to gather others i would receive orders in my head via implant we assume he was ordered to destroy everything around the testing failed they were upset they they that's the word he uses the <laughs> indefinite article <laughs> I am afraid that they are coming back. He says yep. he's fearful now that he is lucid. So maybe it was, this has gone out of control. You fucked up. These people are snooping around. They remain. They choose to remain hidden, cut their losses, cut their losses, get the fuck out. Yep. There are other towns. There's other anal probes <laughs> anywhere you want to go. Absolutely. And that brings us to the interview with Blevins, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, with Scully. Yep, back in the office. And what, she's... Yeah, what goes on here? She's kind of under the screws now. Yeah. Because they brought her in to debunk the X-Files. She's an up-and-comer. She's respected. She's scientific. She's a medical doctor. She's going she's gonna to tear this fucking clown Mulder apart, you know? No chance. No chance. Instead, she submits these reports that... They don't prove his theories, but... I can't substantiate, she keeps saying. Right. But in essence, she's drawing some of the same conclusions. Not all. I know the A word is not in her report under her conclusions. No. But she is reaching some of the same points that Mulder is. And they're fucking pissed about this. And especially pissed when she drops the vial on the guy's desk. Yeah, that, that shakes him. Badass. Yeah. It's cool to see his reaction to that. And he's kind of like, okay, well, uh, break. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Head over to Burger King. Catch you (laughs) next week. Have a good weekend. And I love when she's exiting and the smoking man wants past her. In the hall, they walk by. You're like, oh, shit. And she has that kind of like double take at at his ass. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
And then, of course, Mulder calls Scully, and he, and he reports to Scully. He says, there's no case. The evidence is gone. The testimony's been redacted. Yep. Uh, we need to talk, which is cool. A cool way to end that discussion with those two characters. Yep. And then we get this shot of the smoking man cruising around the halls awesome. of where we don't know yet. Yeah. The evidence. He walks out, he shuts the door. It's the fucking Pentagon. Fucking awesome. Jesus. Do you know what this made me think of? What's that? Awesome fucking movie. End of movie epilogue scene. Raiders Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, dude. That, right? That's, that's it's just brilliant. so fucking cool. Like, it's exactly what it is. We have this, this one piece of evidence. Scully's brought it back. Had it in her fucking pocket thing. by chance. It, yep. Puts it down. Boom. And then Cigarette Smoke Man casually strolls into a storage room, finds this bin, puts it with eight other ones. That's awesome, too. Rolls out, and they're in the fucking inner ring of the Pentagon. Inner ring. So cool. So cool that it's just this tiny little thing that gets fucking buried. A yep. tiny thing that she can't identify. That's one of the things we didn't talk about, but she can't identify what this thing is. Gone. Smoking Man gets rid of it. Game over. Shut the door. Welcome to the X-Files. That's it. God damn. End of episode. Tight. End Fucking of episode. A, man. So good. What an episode for their pilot. Damn. It's, it's pretty good. Do you want to go any final thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean, not a lot. I think not we said almost said all of it. Of it yeah. There was one thing that I've been thinking about a lot when I rewatched this um, yesterday, which is this. And I, I, I just forgot to bring it up. Just a, a prop to to Scully as a character. The fact that I thought more cognizantly about the fact that she's been assigned to work with Mulder. He's a, got a great reputation. He's senior to her. She's a new, she's never worked in the field. That's one thing, like kind of a background piece. She's, she joined the FBI and she's been teaching mm-hmm. being an instructor. Yep. Her first case out there with this kind of renowned kind of kooky guy, she fucking holds her own and throws it back at him all the time. All the time. Immediately doesn't take you know she just she is such a consummate professional and that's the kind of shit that i didn't pick up on her character no way. at all no way earlier on watching it it was the the sexy creamy skin little cool doctor lady mm. and give mm. me more mulder keep talking yeah mm. <laughs> let's check those bumps. but you know what you're right man no fucking holes in her game like she's so self-aware she's so assertive and so confident that she has she has her fucking ethical code that she lives by and there's no, you're not going to put her in a crisis of confidence. You're not going to, she's not going to sit and wonder, who am I? No. Nope. Fuck no. She knows who she is. She's a grown ass woman. She has a job to do. She has expertise, like you said, and she's the perfect counterpart to him. Perfect. Right? Yep. And like, we've said it a million times. You said it very clearly in the beginning. There is no, what is the theme of X-Files? Let's look around and figure it out. If you watch the first season of Star Trek, the next generation, it's, it's almost unbearable at times. Yeah. The actors didn't know what they wanted to do. They weren't sure how they were going to do it. Patrick Stewart said, I didn't unpack my bags for eight weeks. Cause I assumed I was going to be fired. <laughs> that's, no shit. That's yeah. He's like, I'm terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. And then he figures it out. Yeah. And this, they have such a grasp of everything. Like I gotta, I gotta say that's, that's gotta be, I don't want to knock right at the actors, but Chris Carter's vision was just so fucking good. And the pilot is so representation of exactly what he wanted to do. God damn, man. I am, 
I am so happy that we picked the pilot. I'm so happy that we're covering this show. And uh, this episode is, is bar none fucking right up there. You're right. And just one more thing to add, because you talked about it. Chris Carter put his ass on the line about casting Gillian Anderson. Because you're right. He had such a specific vision for that character. And they auditioned all these actresses. She was a nobody. Mm. And the studio execs, you know, Fox, those fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> they were like, no, give me a blonde bombshell. Right. And he's like, nope. This is Scully. And because you're right, he had that vision and he had the strength to push for it. And look at what you get. And she fucking probably came in and read and he was like, fuck. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, you know, if you write a book, if, you, if, you're, if you're into literature, you don't rely on everybody else. Yeah, you go to an editor. Okay. They're going to say, chop this. But if you have an idea for a character in your mind and somebody comes in and auditions for it and it, and it, becomes alive in that minute man that must be a fucking good feeling that must be amazing and then to have the balls to fight the execs on that that's badass it's a good story well goddamn, this is a lot of fun we will see you next week speaking of character actors i think we're going to be handling my main man brad dorif Ooh, brad dorif grima wormtongue from lord of the rings (laughs) late is the hour Plays a great death row inmate. Excited. He's fucking awesome. He's fucking awesome. There's going to be a lot of Scully in your face next week. In your face. Right where I'd want it. Mm, Damn. All right. Well, that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Hey, everybody. This is Dean with LSG Media, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the X-Files podcast. Be sure to check us out on LibertyStreetGeek.net to see what other shows we have going, like the Science Fiction Film Podcast, the Walking Dead Podcast, the Game of Thrones Podcast, Podcast for days. Get over to LibertyStreetGeek.net and check us out. Thanks. Bye. Bye.